Hey family, it's your sister Jocelyn here, and welcome to another episode of Faith on the Journey. If this is your first time tuning in, we welcome you. We are so glad that you're here and want you to know that we're committed to helping to strengthen your faith, heal your heart, and help you to discover a sense of community. And we do so by providing a team of Christian counselors who specialize in trauma and grief counseling, and we also offer healing groups throughout the year. You can learn about these resources and so much more by visiting our website at faithonthejourney.org. Again, that is faithonthejourney.org. Now, today we have a special guest who is also a podcast host. So, you know, I love someone who's a podcast host. Erica Dovera is the founder of Faith and Gather a lifestyle media brand that helps Christian women find joy by creating tools and experiences that allow them to hear God's voice, live bold faith, walk in obedience, and align with their God-sized calling while juggling it all. She is the host of the Faith Inspired Podcast, A Loving Mother and Wife, and we're very excited to have her on the show today. Welcome, Erica. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. It's just a pleasure to be on. Yes. Thank you for accepting my invitation. And when I spoke to you last week and heard about your testimony, I'm like, I have to have you on my show. And so that's actually where I like to start. I would love for you to share a little bit about the story that brought you here with us today. Sure. So um, my story has to um, deal with my first pregnancy and the birth of my child, but I can um, take it back to the beginning. You know, my husband and I got married back in 2016. Uh, we had a quick, um, I'd say engagement, quick dating. We were actually friends for a few years before that. And then, you know, you know when you know. And so I think we had an eight month engagement and it was just um, super fun, super exciting. The Lord has blessed both of us um, just by giving each of us a partner that just fits us um, each other so well. Um, so going into the story that I'm going to talk about, it was just great to have my husband as a support. Lord was already there from the beginning by giving me a great support system at home. But um, we about, I believe it was two years after, well, a year after we got married, really wanted to start to build our family. And so, you know, I am a planner and kind of, uh, I hate to say a control freak, but, you know, I can, I try to control what I can. Also knowing that Lord is in control and giving it up to him when I need to. But, um, you know, I planned all that I could ahead to make sure that we could get pregnant, you know, as fast as we could. And um, thankfully, the Lord did um, provide us a baby uh, a month into us trying. And so um, for us, that was just amazing because we have had many, many friends and family struggle just trying to get pregnant. And so we knew that could be a reality for us. Um, but the, the first month was the charm. And so um, we started our journey of becoming parents. And, um, you know, everything was good. Everything was great. For the first few months, everything, um, baby boy looked healthy. We didn't know we were having a boy at that time, but the baby looked healthy. And as we progressed into the pregnancy and around the 20-week time, when you can find out the sex of the baby, which we chose not to, but when you can, they look for everything to see if, you know, there's anything, any issues going on. 
and everything looked good with the baby. The baby looked completely fine, but what they had found is that I had a condition called vasa previa. And um, I don't know all the medical terms for that, but the easiest way to explain it really was the blood vessels that connect to the umbilical cord and really are the baby's lifeline were um, kind of embedded over in my cervix. I had grown in my cervix, which meant that if I was to have a regular vaginal birth, that my child would have a 50-50 chance of survival because as they would, um, as I, the birth process would be happening, that could potentially break and then they would bleed. Um, and so it was a serious condition. And so here I am, my first pregnancy, super excited to have this baby. And all of a sudden I'm in a high risk pregnancy, which was really hard to deal with for many reasons. One, um, like I said, I am a gal who plans things out and this was something that I couldn't control. Uh, two, I am a very healthy gal. And so I pride myself on eating healthy, working out, you know, doing the best that I can with my body. And for me, it was like something that was completely out of my control. I couldn't help that. And I couldn't help the health or the way my body was growing for my baby which was really hard. Um, and then on top of that, I was working at um, a large corporation, a Fortune 10 company with a position that I absolutely loved, but it was really intense. It was 60 plus hours a week. And um, my clients that I worked on were really um, high profile. Like the CEO of the company knew the clients that I worked on. It was a revenue generating uh, position, so to speak, or like our whole department was for the company. So the eyes were on us and what we were delivering to our clients. And so I'm in marketing communications and so the eyes were all on us. And so it was very high stress in general. I was high <laughs> stressed. I stressed out as much as you can be, um, working 60 hours a week. And then on top of that, dealing with this high-risk pregnancy and trying to navigate all these appointments. So obviously with a high-risk pregnancy, you have more appointments. So we had multiple ultrasounds just to make sure, you know, things were looking okay. And then also with hopes that things would maybe move away and it wouldn't be such a high-risk pregnancy. So at the 31-week appointment, you know, our hopes were that everything would look okay and it became clear when we were there that uh, that wasn't going to be the case. And so what that meant for me is that I was going to have an automatic C-section, just protect the baby and protect my health at, as well. And that would be done um, two and a half weeks or I believe, you know, it's been so long, I can't remember, but it was going to be, I believe, three and a half weeks prior to the due date, two or half, three, two and a half or three and a half weeks prior to the due date, just to make sure that I didn't go into labor and there would be any issues. Because sometimes with Vasa Previa, you can go into labor early. So what had happened is at 31 weeks, um, unbeknownst to me, no one had mentioned this, that if that was the case, they would actually have me in the hospital ahead of time. So they would schedule the C-section for two and a half to three and a half weeks prior to the due date. And then prior to that, they wanted you in the hospital for roughly around three weeks ahead of that. And so <laughs> I'm sitting there with a thinking about my clients and my 10-hour workdays and I wasn't planning for this and my maternity leave and just everything that was going around in my head and then, you know, worrying about the health of my baby as well and my health. That was really hard to take. And this um, just gives you a glimpse into who I am. Um, 
I negotiated with the doctor <laughs> to work from home for a week because I was only 15 minutes away from the hospital and then to be in the hospital for only two weeks prior to the scheduled C-section. So that just gives you a glimpse of um, I've been working on it. As you'll tell through my my story, I've let go of the reins a little bit more in my life. But um, that's where my head was at. I was just like, okay, we're doing this. We're on mission. Like it's it's going to happen. But I still wanted it kind of happen in my way because everything was out of my control. And um, so I worked a week from home and then I spent, then I went in on a Sunday and was supposed to spend two weeks in the hospital basically by myself. And I had decided that I was going to still work up until the scheduled C-section because I didn't want to waste two weeks of my maternity leave, just sitting around in the hospital doing nothing. And on that third morning, actually I had worked three days, 10 hours each day in the hospital. And on that third morning, I woke up, I woke up at probably 5.30 in the morning, 5 a.m., 5.30, set my alarm in the hospital. Again, I was a crazy woman and um, went to the bathroom and turned around and there was blood. And so I immediately ran and called the nurse, actually checked to make sure that it was what I thought it was and ran to the, called the nurse and she came in and she didn't understand the severity of the situation. And so she um, monitored the the contractions and the baby's heartbeat for about 15 minutes. And um, I actually was contracting quite a bit, which my goodness, if I could have just had natural childbirths <laughs> without any drugs, it would have been amazing because I will get in the story of my daughter Delaney as well. But uh, I wasn't feeling anything. So um, she went to go check with the doctor. And two minutes later, she ran back and said, is your husband close? And I was like, yeah, I believe, I, I think so. And she's like, okay, well, we're going to get the baby out. And actually prior to that, when um, during that 15 minutes, I had called my husband and I had said, hey, just to let you know, they're monitoring me. There's a little bit of blood, but I think everything's okay. So go to the gym. You're fine. It's going to be a normal day. And so then when she came back, I was like, what? I thought everything was going to be okay. And so I called my husband and I was crying and I said, baby, they're going to get, they're going to get the baby out and um, they're doing it now. Can you come to the hospital? And he said, sure. So he was on his way. And then I called my mom, of course, because that's what any kid does and called my mom and was crying and just so scared. I was all alone at five o'clock in the morning, five 30 in the morning, all alone by myself in the hospital. And then the, all of a sudden it was like the movies, these five nurses come running in and this doctor comes running in and she signals like, get off the phone, get off the phone. And so I got off the phone crying with my mom, told her that I loved her. And they put me on a new kind of wheeling um, bed down the hallway. And it was like the movies, like you would see in the movies, they were rushing me down. And as they're rushing me down, the doctor asked if I knew anything about general anesthesia, if anyone had talked to me about that. And I mentioned to her in my head, I was thinking, oh yeah, you know, with normal C-sections, they numb you from the waist down. And she said, no, because, you know, I hadn't had an epidural, there were no drugs in me. They needed to actually put me out with general anesthesia. And instantly, I just started bawling because I am very sensitive to drugs and my mom actually has flatlined on general anesthesia before. Um, obviously, she came back to life, but um, all these things were coming in my head um, as I'm going through this situation. And so they wheel me up into the room and I'm freaking out, super, super scared. I'm all alone. There's this movie going around me. They're literally yelling um, 
orders at each other, things to do, you know, with the, the all the medical terminology that they need to make sure for their protocol that everything's going to be safe and be good. And they're laying me on the table and I have my arms out in a T and I'm bawling and so scared. And this woman comes around to the corner of me and puts her hand on my shoulder and just says, Erica, I know you. And she had a mask on and I couldn't see her. And she said, I know you, I was at your wedding and you, everything's going to be okay you are going to be okay. And I told her that I was just so scared. And she just said, you're going to be okay. And then she had to walk away and go do her job. But she was an absolute literal angel for me that day. And later on, I found out that that was actually a friend of my husband's from high school. And she was just there that day, positioned, I believe, for me that day to be on duty, which was just one of God's many blessings um, in that story. But Basically, um, the the one of the doctor had one of the doctors or the administrator of the general anesthesia, the drug, um, had told me, you know, Erica, you're going to feel some tightening in your neck, and all of a sudden, just a second later, I did a little prayer, and a second later, I was out, and I came to and was told that I had a healthy baby boy and that I was okay, and um, you know, I that was relief there at that time, but. Then we spent two weeks in the hospital, two, two and a half weeks in the hospital with my son being in the NICU and special care. And that was um, that was hard as well. That was another situation that was hard as well because there were certain images that still play in my mind of, you know, him having to have needles like in his head and his hands and um, them having to do certain things that they just do to keep those babies healthy. That was just really hard for first time mama. And with preemies, sometimes it's really hard for them, especially if they're learning how to take a bottle, with a, which a lot of them have to, to actually like suck. And so they can um, sometimes seem like they're choking. And there was an episode where my son looked to me like he was choking when I was feeding him and he couldn't breathe and turned blue and all the monitors started going crazy. And then so the nurses came running in and he came to and he was fine. His body just needed to take just a moment to figure out what to do. But as a first time mom, you know, that was just a very traumatic situation for me. So it was building off of that situation that I had already been a part of. And then now that with my son. And so, um, yeah, that was, that was the tough situation. And after two weeks, we got out a lot to deal with. That's for sure. As a first time mama. Yes, I would say so. I know that was scary. And I, I'm glad that God sent that earth angel to be there to remind you that you weren't alone. But at the time, I'm sure uh, it was a lot going on through your mind before they put you to sleep. And afterwards, did you find yourself struggling uh, with um, some postpartum or some some struggles after the actual pregnancy itself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think becoming a mom there are, there's a lot to handle just becoming a first time mom. But if you add in a first time mom who just had a very traumatic situation, and then you add in having a premature baby on top of that, there's a lot more anxiety that you have to deal with. So um, what I found is, and it wasn't um, medically diagnosed, so I use this lightly, but after the research that I've done, I believe I do have, I did believe I did have PTSD, so post-traumatic um, disorder. And a definitely a lot of anxiety um, because, you know, what that situation I explained with my son in the hospital, that's what would run through my mind. So I would constantly in the middle of the night, wake up and make sure that he was alive and that he was okay. And 
on top of that, you know, you're figuring out just how to be a mom. So even how to, you know, bathe them, how to feed them, do all of that. Then on top of that, I have a, a, a preemie. And while I'm going through all of these emotions and trying to um, just go through that situation and, and heal at the same time was so incredibly hard. Um, you know, it actually manifested into a lot of health issues for me, physical health issues for me. So I had, you know, the anxiety and a lot of mental health issues. Um, and thankfully I had the Lord to rely on for that and, and, and just grasp onto for that. But it was a long journey. But during that journey, it actually brought some stomach issues. Um, I had just multiple um, CT scans, multiple situations where I was in and out of the doctor and they kept saying, you know, nothing's wrong with you. And now knowing just four years later, it was all that anxiety and that post-traumatic stress that really um, created all of those physical health issues that I had. And then on top of that, you know, I had to go back to this high stress job and deal with being the first time mom, post-traumatic stress, high anxiety, and then having all of these health issues. And so I dealt with it for about a full year um, before I felt like I was, um, I wouldn't say completely healed, but that I felt like God had started to redeem my story. Man, that's real. And I think sometimes that's not talked about enough, the struggles after birth, especially when it's a traumatic birth. Uh, that you experienced. And for you, uh, knowing that I can relate to your work ethic and I mean, your high stress job, and now uh, you have this, uh, this new responsibility as a mother of a preemie. And, and so with all these stressors, what steps did you take? You mentioned God, but anything else that you had to really do to shift uh, what, what was happening with you mentally so that you weren't struggling constantly with anxiety? What, what steps did you take? Yeah. Well, number one, like I had mentioned, is the Lord, just spending time with him. Um, and I know that this doesn't work for everybody. I unfortunately did not seek counseling. Um, it's just something that wasn't on the top of my mind. I think I had maybe thought about it, but for one, it was, again, my job was 60 hours a week. And so I really didn't have time to fit it in. And, um, you know, moms always put themselves last for the most part. And so I was just learning how to be a mom. So that's something that I would recommend for women who do go through something like that is doing counseling. Um, but I didn't get the opportunity to do that. And so I did lean on the Lord and the Lord just provided so many opportunities for me to lean into him and seek him. And, you know, I would spend in the morning at least a half hour with him every day, just really trying to connect with him and hear from him. And he provided so much healing. He also provided a fantastic community for me of women's who, of women who were first time mamas. And that community of just knowing at least the side of being a new mom, I had that support of knowing, you know, I'm not the only one struggling through this. I'm not the only one going through these new mom situations, first time mom situations. And so that was really, really helpful. And they were Christian women as well. You know, they were really grounded in the Lord as well. And so with 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 Christ as, you know, my the individual, the the almighty God that I was running to and my group of friends, my large group of friends that I had that were all first time mamas as well. That was just incredibly helpful as I, you know, went and navigated that journey. 
Um, and it really, like I said, took took a year to get there. Yeah, that's that's great that you were able to find community. And I'm I'm curious. Uh, it sounds like you have an amazing husband, uh, but when a spouse is going through something, they feel it, right? And so I'm 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 curious as to how was that season for him as well? Um, did it put a strain on the marriage? Obviously, you all weathered through, but could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it it put an incredible strain on our marriage. Um, for about the first six months, I would say that, you know, he would say as well that he lost, he lost me. I wasn't there. I was a different person. And so that was really hard for him because he's learning how to be a parent as well. You know, I had grasped that a little bit with women, you know, you have that nine months, that first nine months to kind of start to change your life. You know, you have to change the way you do things, approach things. Your life has already changed. And, um, for men, they don't get that until the baby's born. And so he kind of had a double whammy of his life was changed because of the child. And then on top of that, this person that he knew so well completely changed. And so for him, he really struggled through that and he supported me the best that he could, but he was going through a lot himself. And so there were times when, you know, we weren't communicating the best or I felt like I wasn't being supported because there's no way he could have understood what I was going through. Um, but he found support in other men and talking to other men who had had babies as well. And them having those conversations, just like I was with the first time mamas, like having the conversations with dads and just realizing that, you know, yes, Erica's going through a different situation, but at the same time, a lot of what she's struggling through is, you know, what mom's experience too, because you know, my, my heart used to be literally like inside my body and now it's living and breathing outside. And then on top of that being, you know, hard for any mom, you have, you know, the trauma from what you experienced. And, um, so yeah, it took, I think I would love to say that it came from some kind of supernatural healing. Um, but I think it really just, it, it worked through time. Time really healed my situation and me, um, and time really healed, you know, us walking together through the situation as well. And eventually, a year later, I just felt like I got myself back, and he felt like he got his wife back as well. That's great. I praise God that you all were able to uh, press through together during that season, get the help that you needed, uh, but uh, you were able to to eventually after that year, see a, a new you, if you will, or the old Erica or a better Erica. And uh, after that year was up, I don't know, when did you all start thinking about having another child or was that a surprise child <laughs> that you had? No, um, it was definitely planned. Definitely, definitely planned. Um, I will say, you know, I, I use this year as like a magic number, but um, something that really helped, and I'll get to your question, um, but something that really helped was, you know, we kind of came to a breaking point um, where I was getting better mentally, but the workload was still a lot. And there was no way that I could um, officially heal or really fully heal unless I changed the high stress situation that I was in because everything kept compiling, com compounding um, because of that. And so I clearly heard the Lord say to jump and leave my job without a safety net. And that was around this year mark. 
And so um, we did it and we were obedient and we listened after a lot of communication about it. I was obedient and did that. And so God has healed me as well through that process since that year by allowing me to have a less stressful workload and being able to heal. So I think that's also a part of the healing process that I missed was um, allowing myself not not just like the actual time, you know, a year of a time frame, but the actual like time that I spend to allow myself to heal. So um, I just didn't want to miss that, that that was a huge catalyst into a whole new life trajectory and really why faith and gather exists and why I help women live less stressed, more joy-filled lives while juggling it all, because that's just the Lord. Um, so I didn't want to miss that. Yeah, no, that's good. I'm glad you said that. And I, I just want to emphasize how important that is because we can stay so busy with external things that we never have the actual time to do the work. And it sounds like the work that you did was with with the Lord, of course, with your husband and that internal work as well, um, prompted by the Holy Spirit to really help you to to transform and work through the season. And so thank you for, for sharing that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the going to my daughter. So I have a daughter, Delaney, who is um, turning a year old, which is crazy to think, but we, um, you know, God heals. So God really did heal me in preparation for this podcast. I honestly had to go back. I did a video about two years ago um, when the pandemic really started talking about my birth story and comparing the fear of that then to the fear of what it, the fear of the birth, the childbirth with my son and then the pandemic. And it was watching that video. It was amazing because I was watching, you know, a two-year-old version of me still reliving that and crying about it. But this time when I was watching the video and crying, I was crying about God's faithfulness and not about the pain. And so I actually had to watch the video to remember the pain that I had been through because God's been so faithful in healing. And so um, when it came to wanting to have another child, it was an automatic yes, because I do want to say um, when you asked me to be on the podcast, I was hesitant on it because I'm always afraid that in the future, my son will listen to these things or watch these things and think, man, you know, my birth did this to my mom. And I don't want him to think that way because ultimately being a mom is the role I never knew that I wanted to be. And the role that I love most in life, um, he made me a mama and it is something that I am so incredibly thankful for because it is something that I cherish and brings so much joy. It's incredibly hard, but it brings so, so much joy. And so it was an automatic yes for us because I was absolutely in love with my son and I wanted to have that joy again. So for my husband and I, um, yeah, it was an automatic yes. And I thought there's no way something like this could ever happen again. So I had already done it <laughs> this time. And I did hear from the Lord that this time it was going to be a redemptive story for me. Like I was going to find redemption in this childbirth. And so we ended up um, trying again. But this time it actually took about nine months for us to get pregnant, which was so different from the first one. And they say, you know, everything's so different with your children. And so then, you know, finally got pregnant, which was super exciting and everything looked good. We had um, more ultrasounds because of the situation. Last time we had more ultrasounds and 
things things looked good. I did have a situation where there was some bleeding um, and they realized there might be some um, placenta previa, but then that situation cleared up. And so I had hired a doula and I had hired or I'd gone to the chiropractor twice a week. Like I was doing everything you could. I was doing light workouts this time around, yoga and Pilates because of my son. I was doing burpees, which is insane. Don't do that. Um, I just, I've learned, you know, I learned. And so I was doing everything right. I was eating the way you're supposed to. I read this pregnancy food diet. Again, the control thing. But this felt just so much. Um, I was just so at peace. It, it was going to be different. It was going to be 40 weeks and um, everything looked fantastic. And I had just had, I believe, an ultrasound, um, I believe around like the 30 week mark. And so every little thing looked like we're going to be okay. And heading into, it was 34 weeks. My son was born at 34 weeks and three days. I woke up one morning early as I do and just felt a little tired. So I laid in bed and was praying to the Lord and just thinking and dreaming. And I looked at the calendar and it was 34 and one days. And I thought, wow, that's so crazy. I'm looking at the calendar right now. My daughter could potentially be born in this month and, or, you know, in January, her due date was January 11th. And I was like, Lord, you know, what is that going to be? It was super exciting. Like, you know, how would the birth story go? It's going to be so different. I thought in my head, wow, I don't even know what 35 weeks looks like. So like, how am I going to feel at 35 weeks? This is going to be fantastic. And so I, I got up, I got the energy to get up and do my workout and my devotion. And as I stood up, I felt a little bit of a trickle. And immediately I was concerned and thought I might be bleeding. So I ran to the bathroom when everything looked okay. And when you're pregnant, things things happen. And so you just kind of think, okay, whatever. Um, felt another little tricker, trickle. And then I started thinking, Lord, not again. Please, please don't do this again. But at the same time, I was thinking, Erica, you're a little crazy. Like, this is fine. So I went down to go feed my dog. And sure enough, as I was walking up the stairs, my full-on water broke. And um, so I ran to my husband and poor guy at, at 5.30 in the morning, his alarm clock went off. And that was the same time when I was shaking him, waking him up to tell him that I believe my water broke. And so the poor guy was just so scared and didn't know what was going on. And thankfully, I'm glad that I did hire that doula, even though we weren't able to use her. I'm glad that we hired her because I called her and she was able to call my nerves tell me that it was going to be kind of the same protocol and that um, I just had to make sure that the baby was moving. And then she did a little prayer for me and I was able to relax a little bit and eat some oatmeal and watch my husband run around the house like crazy because he didn't pack his hospital bag yet, even though I had told him to pack it. And actually, I should have known because your body and the Holy Spirit will tell you to do things before you even know it. And I had had my hospital bag packed. I had already washed all the baby bottles, everything was ready to go in the house at 34 weeks. And so I probably should have known that something was going to happen. And um, so then we ended up getting to the hospital and <laughs> we the hospital was full, completely full. We couldn't even get into a room. So we had to stay in a special little kind of like holding room for about four hours while they checked one to make sure that my water actually broke and then um, had to wait for a room. Um, but as we were talking to the nurse there, it was so beautiful because I had had this healing 
process with my son. But now I was in this situation that basically was the same situation as it was before, where it's an emergency situation at 34 weeks. Excuse me. <coughs> so sorry. An emergency situation at 34 weeks. And obviously, it probably wasn't going to go the way that I wanted it to. I was hoping for a VBAC and not a C-section this time around. And now there was all these unknowns and uncertainty in the situation. And so we're sitting in this room and I still had some high spirits, but, you know, a little bit of concern. And the nurse had asked who my doctor was for my son Benton prior. And I said, I don't know, but it actually wasn't a good situation. She was kind of part of the trauma that I had at the beginning just with her, um, you know, telling me to get off the phone and being very abrupt with the general anesthesia. And so that was part of the trauma. And so she said, I'm so sorry you had that experience. That doctor is always like always so kind and friendly and sweet. And she would be so hurt to hear that you had that experience. She's never here, but if she's here, um, I will make sure that she comes into the room. And I was thinking, oh, great. <laughs> here's this doctor. Here's the situation again. And as God would have it, this woman who was never on duty, never at the hospital was on that day. And she came into the, the hospital, came into that little holding room that I was in. And she said, you know, remind me of your name, remind me of your story. And so I told her and I was about one or two sentences in and she stopped me and she said, oh, I remember you. I couldn't forget you. She said that she was sleeping in that doctor's room where she was taking a nap and that nurse had come in and again, didn't understand the severity of the situation. And so when she woke up, she was like, oh my gosh, this baby should have been out 15 minutes ago. I may be losing a baby today. And so when she came into my room, she was on mission to get my baby out and make sure that he was healthy and alive. And so that was her situation that she was dealing with. And so I took it as her being unfriendly when she was just doing her job to help me and my child. And so she was the sweetest, nicest doctor. And so God just created this incredible closure that I didn't even know that I needed on that day. And he continued to provide that throughout the day. And so I ended up being able to labor, which was also a beautiful thing because as you remember, I was under general anesthesia and uh, that was something that I didn't get to experience. I didn't get to experience labor and I always felt like I missed out on something. So I was able to labor for about 15 hours and they used a balloon and they used Pitocin and my goodness, it was a lot of work and it was really, really hard. And then I, I, you know, I wanted to do all natural. And at 15 hours, my husband said, Erica, quit being a hero, go ahead and get the epidural. And I'm so glad that he said that because I got the epidural and it was heaven on earth. And then about 30 minutes later, they checked to see how far along I was. And when the nurse um, checked, she thought that she felt lips and that would be the baby's lips. And I was like, oh, what does that mean? And she said, well, that that potentially could be a really hard labor. And so I was like, oh, my goodness, you know, I don't want to go through a hard labor. What is this going to look like? So the doctor came back and the doctor checked and she said, I can see why you think that would be lips, but it's actually a baby's hand and the umbilical cord. And she looked at me and she said, Erica, I'm so sorry. I know you wanted your V back, but we have to do an emergency C-section right now. And immediately I just was so fearful. And some of those emotions came running back. And right away I was like, do I get to be awake for it? And she said, yep. Because a half hour earlier, I had gotten the epidural. Had I not gotten the epidural, I would have had the exact same situation. 
So this time around, I got to be awake for the actual birth of my child. My husband was by my side. I wasn't alone. And she told her team in front of me that they were going to do this calmly, efficiently, and swiftly, but they were going to do it really with joy. And so they did. That whole team, there was laughter in the room. They were excited. You know, they they just really had this sense of camaraderie and it was a whole different feel. So on top of it just being a whole different experience, still an emergency, an emergency C-section, so different the redemptive story that, you know, I thought God was going to give me. Um, he provided that, but then there was this peace. You know, they say it's this peace that transcends beyond understanding. You know, his word says that. And I thoroughly experienced that, and so did my husband during this whole situation. And so my daughter was born actually one day earlier than my son was. So she was born at 34 and two days, and my son was born at 34 and three days. So now I sit here as a mama of two preemies who are both healthy, wonderful babies with parallel birth stories, which was also a redemptive um, situation for me as well, because like I had mentioned, I'm so scared that my son will hear his birth story and think um, that he created some kind of trauma for me, when it's not him. Um, but they have two parallel birth stories. So now when we compare birth stories, if they ever compare birth stories, they're one and the same, which I think is like absolutely beautiful. So part of my healing, part of this trauma was that the Lord didn't give me the birth that I had asked for. It wasn't all natural. It wasn't with a doula. It wasn't <laughs> anything that I envisioned, but it was basically the exact same story, but filled with so much peace, so much closure. And I'm just so thankful that it wasn't the birth story that I wanted, because if it was, then I would have probably taken some of that glory. But now all the glory goes to him, which is is what I want. And that's all that matters. Amen. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Erica. And I, I'm glad that you you took that, that step out on faith as well professionally, because now you have the flexibility to be at home, uh, to work and, and spend time with your, your beautiful children. And so now I love to briefly transition into the work that you're doing, this faith-based work that you're doing to help encourage other women who are burnt out doing the most <laughs> and need to find balance in their life. Talk a little bit about your current ministry. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for allowing that. And yeah, it's so funny you mentioned that because actually right before we hopped on this, I got a call and I have to go pick up my daughter right after this. So, <laughs> so this is why the Lord called me into this and um, why I have created Faith and Gather because, you know, I, um, and she was home with me yesterday too. I was hoping that she would be better today, but um, because I didn't have to worry about it and I didn't have to stress about it. And that is something that I want to create for women for, for them, for their lives, for their family, that they don't have to continually stress and that they can do life in the Lord. And so um, what Faith and Gather is, it's really a business and lifestyle company that helps Christian, ambitious Christian mamas, so multi-passionate Christian mamas just like me who love to do a million different things and don't know how to get it all done and helps provide them content through blogs or um, programs like courses and then also the podcast, really live life and learn how to live less stressed, more joy-filled lives, but most importantly, how to hear God's voice, um, walk in bold faith and like be obedient to him. 
because my story right now of healing is really obedience, obedience to listen to him, obedience to spend time with him in the morning every morning. And, and that's how where my healing came from, obedience to quit my job without a safety net. And then he provided me a part-time job after that, which was an amazing opportunity to just really learn about startups and then also allow me more flexibility with my family and also heal, which was amazing. And then just recently this year, I went full-time with Faith and Gather. I had been doing it part-time for about two years and went full-time and God through my obedient acts has been so faithful to us just providing provision financially, um, you know, through resources, whatever it is. And I've just seen so much fruit from being an obedient Christ follower. And I want to, I want to provide that for other women. And again, it's not, not the prosperity message or anything like that. You know, sometimes you do acts of obedience and then it doesn't always become the fruit that it looks like, just like my birth stories, you know, it just, it doesn't look the same, but God, always redeems it and he always works things for good. And um, so that's what I want to do for other women. So I offer, I have the Faith Inspired Podcast. So just like you have a podcast and um, it's a weekly podcast where I host guests like you. So you'll be on guests like you. And um, we talk about topics that help women really juggle all their roles. And so that can be business, that can be motherhood, bold faith, um, you know, just really how do they manage it on practical, tangible ways to do it. So what are those steps to actually do it? Because I do feel like a lot of times with the church, they give us kind of the high level. Well, that's really nice, but then you have to go home and actually find how to execute it. And so I want to create ways that women can actually listen to it listen to the podcast or receive the content from Faith and Gather and execute on it. So there's the Faith and Spider podcast. And then I also do coaching for women as well. So I have a stress to joy transformation program, which really is what it is. It's you are stressed and then you are transformed to having more joy in your life. And it's a series of five weeks with nine lessons. And I actually just completed it with a group of women and their feedback was unbelievable. And I would say the glory goes to God. It's really my story of the past four years, how I have learned how to walk in obedience to the Lord and really transition my life to look to the Lord and not really what the world looks to and um, how to create a life of less stress and more joy. And for every single woman that has gone through the program so far, I have have a hundred percent success rate of more joy and less stress and their backgrounds and, you know, their financial level and every different thing that you can think of for like a demographic is so different. But the program has worked for every single one of them because one, the focus is on the Lord. And I think that's where any kind of success comes from. And so, um, yeah, it's just been really, really cool to be a part of that story. So it's 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 God's program. I'm just the hands and feet doing it. So if women are interested in that, they can reach out to me at Erica at faithandgather.com to get more information. And so I do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching for that and then also business and career coaching. And then um, if they are interested, you know, I do do group coaching for the Stress to Joy program as well. So if they have a group of girlfriends that they're interested in doing it together, I would be happy to talk about what that would look like as well. That's amazing. I encourage everyone to check out her website, especially those mothers out there who can relate to Erica's story. Visit her website at faithandgather.com. Take advantage of some 
of those good resources she have has there. And let's work to move from stress to joy. That's really what God wants us to walk in. He doesn't want us stressed out of our mind all the time, <laughs> but that might require us to, to let go of some things. And so, Erica, thank you so much for being on the show with us. It's been a blessing to have you here with us and continue to walk in obedience uh, with the Lord because he is truly using you. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thanks for letting me share my story. And yeah, if anybody has their own story, um, I talked with a girlfriend the other day and she had, I would, I hate to say a worse situation than mine, but really it was. And we both agreed that the world does not allow a platform for women to talk about these childbirth situations um, that we are just kind of told that, yeah, it's going to be painful, but it's just going to be beautiful and kind of, you know, brush the situations under the rug when they aren't. And so um, if there's a woman who has gone through a situation like this, don't hesitate to reach out to me. There are other women like you, just like you, just like me out there. And so um, just reach out for support because, yeah, that's what we need because your story is unique to you. Um, and, you know, you just need a community to help help wrap their arms around you and support you and what your unique story is as well. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Erica. Thank you again for being on the show. And I hope that everyone received that message. And one important point that she made, of she made many important points, but one that I want to highlight is that we can't heal in silos. We need a community. Obviously, we turn to God. That's our source. But healing and community, it, it helps us during those difficult times. It reminds us that we're not alone. And so I, I hope that you were encouraged by today's broadcast. And if you need additional healing resources, like a Christian counselor who understands what it's like to have a traumatic childbirth or going through any type of challenge in life, life can be hard sometimes, please visit our website at faithonthejourney.org for more resources. Again, that is faithonthejourney.org. And if you enjoyed today's broadcast, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a friend. So that is it for today's episode. Thank you again for tuning in to this broadcast. And until next time, you keep your faith on the journey. I'll see you soon, family.